times jake's just like you know what we don't actually need to hear shane he's gonna talk about the flames like fuck that guy fuck this dude what's going on everybody welcome to the uncommon podcast i'm not even sure what episode this is but it doesn't really matter season three episode two there we go wait yeah season three episode two because it's 2020 and we've already recorded one with jared unfortunately jared couldn't be here today because he's got obligations and he's trying to get that knowledge at school so he won't be joining us today but we're going to be recording another one with him tomorrow and all will be well all is good in the hood as they say all is good in the hood it is wednesday my it dudes is, it is wednesday my dudes it's the battle of alberta that's why we got our jerseys go on oilers Let's if go. uh if you're a real uh flames fan um you know that i'll have to be fighting jake tonight no matter what the outcome is oh we're gonna be like <laughs> throwing be scrapping so if you want to subscribe to our patreon and get exclusive (laughs) behind the scenes of me beating the fuck out of jake (laughs) yo we should do that (laughs) 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 that was a good plug bro we don't even have a patreon yet but now we're gonna also this uh podcast is sponsored by us because we don't have any other sponsors we're just sponsored by the flames because we don't win (laughs) Anyways, so, so yeah. yeah, you want to talk about today's uh, topics? Oh, you yeah, so we, so we woke up this morning and make sure that's good. Um, like any other morning, um, Shane wakes up at like 1 p.m. Four in the, the afternoon, dot. comes out and he's like, I had another fucked up dream. Crazy dreams lately. So we start, we start talking about like this fucked up dream and then we're like, oh, let's go and listen to the new Porter Robinson song. Yes, it's, sir. It's, you know what? I gotta warm up to it still. Um, yeah, it's good. It, I think it's like uh, it's it's one of the first ones that he's released in about f- six years. So the visuals were pretty cool. They're a little bit off sometimes, but I think it was cool overall. It was a decent song. Uh, it's different from what we're kind of used to with him. Yeah, for sure. Just I mean, man, his world's album, like we were talking about, is so good. Like if anybody listens to Porter and really like has been following him for the last little bit, his world's album is next level, and I really love it. Everything he does on it is just amazing, and it's one of my favorite albums to date. And I still listen to it uh, at least once or twice a year on repeat. Yeah, it's a good album. Yeah, it's a really good album. Holy shit! Yeah. Anyways, let's stay focused, Jake. We're not going to talk about Porter Robinson and stuff today. I think we really need to just get into it because we need to capitalize on this clickbait. We need to capitalize (laughs) on the trending topics. Clickbait. Yeah. Um, Let's talk about the Wu, uh, the Wuhan, Wuhan virus, the coronavirus. Uh, coronavirus. Corona time. It's Rona season, season boys. baby. <laughs> Holy fuck. But uh, no, one of the things we were kind of ended up, for whatever reason, the conversation went from Porter Robinson into, um, you know, the ideas behind like media convergence. And um, actually, before we even got into uh, coronavirus, we mm-hmm. talked about the whole uh, Bell Let's Talk because yeah, that's yeah, yeah. today. <laughs> and we kind of got into, okay, well, like, all this coverage of, you know, this Let's Talk is kind of covered on some channels, but not others. And we got into talking, oh, well, Bell Media owns CTV. Mm-hmm. Um, but Global, Global, I noticed, like, the article they posted about it was a bit, it was quite a bit more critical of yeah. the whole thing, which I was into. Uh, because I personally feel that, you know, we've been doing this. This is the ninth anniversary of actually doing the Bell Let's Talk. Mm-hmm. 
and you know you go on Twitter still and people are still like oh yeah we still need awareness we still need funds we still need the support here yeah hundred percent it's like we've been doing this for nine years now mm -hmm. like shouldn't we have like for the millions that are raised every year um shouldn't there be like m more of a substantial outcome or more of a substantial result yeah to it and I, I also well, we were also talking about is that how Bell capitalizes on being really the only uh, like network that uses mental health as not just a standpoint for oh we need to do some good in this world but it's also like hey by the way we're we're Bell Media and uh, you should actually come work with us or you should uh, buy our products and services oh, it's and that's more what so what it's about it's yeah it's great that they're donating five cents per view or whatever but you have to realize on the back end of that um, they're getting a lot of attention on their brand and they only do it once a year it's not a regular thing from I guess a global perspective at least in North America, it's not a regular thing where they're like, hey guys, so this month we're going to be releasing a new video and every view it gets. And I get that. It's a lot of money to be putting out as a company who's trying to make money and all this other stuff. But, oh, Spencer, you're calling me, but I got I to gotta decline, bro. I'll, I'll talk but to you later. At the same time, like you got to understand, like these guys are pulling in over $20 billion of a year in revenue. That's insane. And, you know, they're them donating a couple million to these, you know, these mental health work causes. Yeah. Like, it, it's a good thing that they do it. I won't say it's a terrible thing that they do it. No, but... you'd be a despicable human being if you're like, no, these guys are dumb as fuck. <laughs> no, but what I kind of... I'm just going to make sure that these are turned up enough. I'm just monitoring the audio here. Um, the way I kind of see it is like, it's less of, you know, like an awareness thing for mental health and mm -hmm. more of an awareness thing for Bell. It's a big marketing scheme where they've kind of capitalized. There's one day a year we talk about mental health. What's going to happen in a month? We've yeah. forgotten about it. Uh, We're like mental health. Then like they've kind of turned it into like, oh, this is about us. We are the champions of mental health and, uh, you know, focusing on like helping people with mental illnesses. But the conversation stops. Absolutely. After like a couple of days, if not sooner, um, then, you know, we wait an entire year and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, it's Bell. Let's talk again. Oh, like we've forgotten to talk about this for the past year as we've done for the past nine years. Let's talk about it again. And it's just the same cycle. We're coming into 10 years of that next year. And it's just personally, it's tough for me to kind of be like, oh, this is like a really good thing. Um, just because like, you know, after 10 years of donating millions of dollars every year. I don't know. I don't want to come off as a conspiracy theorist, but I feel like somewhere at the top of the food chain where the money exchanges hands, some of it's not getting to where it needs to go. Yeah, and I also think the the really important thing is that they, there is a driving factor that's not just pure helping everybody and giving back to mental health with the whole bell let's talk thing i think it's great i've walked on or i opened up instagram today and there was a bunch of stories on it and there was some people that were talking about it and i i really think what what what's more important about it is that not so much that we're just talking about it that's a great first step and things like that but we've been doing that like you said for about nine years or so yes. which is great and nine we're not years. trying to be super critical about this too we don't want to be i know this some of some of the stuff that we say make come off as really pessimistic and it's great that these companies are actually wanting to give back and help people especially who are in this mental health field hold on hold on, hold on. but you really really have to take it back and understand that there are other driving factors especially monetarily that these big companies want 
and it's not just a pure oh let's help let's help out these people who are struggling with depression or whatever it may be and also a lot of people have trouble speaking about their mental health like it's not a topic that aside from today is is very um is very openly spoken about and a lot of people really have a hard time opening up to other people about it especially if you're not the type of person who can communicate very well or you're not the type of person who feels like they have the hardest life or they feel like they look at people in other worlds or other places around the world and they're like well their life is much harder than mine why do i feel this way so i think there's other outlets that we should be looking at as well that it's just not like oh let's just talk about it and there's a few people on the instagram feed that were like hey you can reach out to me and you can talk to me about it but i really think that's that's just hopping on board the train it's like well why would i talk to almost some stranger about it even if i don't know you that well like if you're my good friend yeah okay for sure maybe i'll talk to you about it but if i rarely know or if i barely know you or if you're only doing this to to um hop on the hashtag that's that's fine you can do what you want but i really think that you, you need to figure out something that works for you and for me it's not talking so much about mental health all the time it's also looking into philosophy and looking into um, like eastern philosophy and then also reading about psychology and things like this and realizing that oh oftentimes a lot of people feel uh, the way that i feel about uh, life and going forward with the place i'm at and not so much just about and not so much just about I, I need to talk to the, the next person or I need to talk to some random person online. Like that, I feel like that's such a band-aid to the situation. You really have to take it into your own own hands, unfortunately, because it's it's something yeah. that's unique to every every individual. Yeah, it is. And the toughest part for me for like Bill Let's Talk Day is like I do know a lot of friends with like, you know, mental health issues and mm -hmm. you know, like they don't really know how to talk about it. Yeah. And it's like, okay, well, like we have like this day every year where we're like, oh, you can actually talk about it. But it's really tough to kind of be critical of, you know, Bell Let's Talk Day, even though it's, why not just like hashtag let's talk? Mm -hmm. Why does Bell have to put their name on it? And that's Facts. where it becomes an issue for me. I, I am 100% in support of mental health initiatives. Like I've made donations to the Canadian Mental Health Association you know, I still ended up using the Bell Let's Talk hashtag. Today. Yeah. You all watched um, the video, supported that whole 10 cents, baby. Yeah, an entire 10 cents. Um, but I feel like branding an issue like this makes it very difficult to kind of be critical of it. And you know yeah. what? I feel like Bell was like, they were spot on. They knew yeah. exactly. It's good like, marketing. Yeah, exactly. They're marketing it and they've marketed it in a way that it's very, very tough mm -hmm. to be critical of it without you know getting the response of why do you hate mental health why do yeah. you hate people who are depressed yeah and the answer is i don't yeah like i have a ton of friends who are depressed and i try to help out however i can i don't support the capitalization and like the corporate takeover of this issue to the point where now we talk about it one day every year as we've done for the past exactly. nine years and as we'll do for the 10th year next year and the 11th year after that and the 12th mm -hmm. year after, I don't think it's going to stop because people do genuinely believe, oh, it's a good thing to talk about. Yeah. But I think the issue with it lies not with talking about it, but the fact that after a day or maybe the week of, we stop talking about it. Yeah. And the conversation ends when Bell says, oh, we did this one day. We don't have to do it for another year. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And it's also like, where are the resources, right? Like, 
if if Bell was at this point where they're willing to give out a couple million or a couple hundred thousand or whatever the donation size may be, it's like why is there no not not why but like where are the resources that can help people um, actually lift themselves out of depression or at least where are the steps to do so like are you giving it to um, like psychologists or practitioners of the mental health field that can actually make a difference or are Charities you, or yeah like are you just giving it to a charity and being like yo here you go help do run your thing or like upgrade your office or whatever you may need yeah. to do and then that's kind of it and that's yeah. that's really like I, I guess like the pressing issue on it yeah. and it's also it's also kind of like what led us into the the Wuhan disease and things like this is that these big media uh, <clears throat> these big media channels and companies uh, capitalize so much on sadness and fear and whether it's like men it's a lot of like mental fear right now but it's it's essentially capitalizing on the main issue at hand and it's it's really obvious now for me at this age and going to media school and studying media and like learning about psychology and things like this too it's like they're not just doing it because they think it's the right thing to do and i'm sure a lot of people at bell are going to be upset because they think it's the right thing to do and they're like oh what the hell like why why would you say it's not it's not it's not that i'm saying that it's saying that what i'm trying to say is that these companies like to capitalize on getting their name out there and really, like you said, branding the hashtag Bell Let's Talk instead of just the Let's Talk. Like yeah, with the ALS bucket challenge back in the day, it wasn't like Bell ALS bu bucket challenge, right? Like it was. No, that was an actual grassroots campaign. Yeah, it was exactly. a grassroots campaign where like people who are like, okay, this is a terrible disease. Yeah. Like you don't want to get ALS. <clears throat> and it's, it's really tough. Um, just it's one of those things that's tougher to talk about and it's one of those things where it's like there's more of an awareness of it like you know back in like the mid 1900s when uh Lou Gehrig um ended up getting it and you know mm. ended up kind of giving the namesake to Lou Gehrig's disease ALS yeah. but the difference between you know the bell let's talk and the ALS ice bucket challenge is the fact that we now have a brand who has been like we are capitalizing on this conversation. We are we are the champions of mental health. Yeah. And it's tough to kind of like get into it because I haven't had the chance to like look into, you know, where these profits are being donated. Yeah. Um, I haven't had a chance to look into that because um, I have to do my own shit. <laughs> like I'm in school. I, I'm literally doing a project right now on um, and focusing on how is ALS actually covered in media? Yeah. And having to do a bunch of sketch notes on like, mm -hmm. okay, how is it like actually like described and like, what is it about? But the one thing I've noticed through all of it, there's no branding on ALS. Right. And that's it's done on purpose. It's like exactly. it's harder to brand ALS than it is mental health because mental health is such a shotgun approach. It's such a wide covered area, right? Like, and that's the thing. are you feeling sad? Okay. You could have mental health issues. Are you feeling depressed? Mental health. Well, I wouldn't are even you say you anxious that. about going outside? Mental health. Well, I wouldn't even say like necessarily that, like that's a big part of it. But at the same time, like even looking into this, ALS affects 3000 Canadians. Yeah. Do you know how much of the population that is? Like 0.1%. 0.007%. That's tiny. That's so few people. Yeah. And those are the amounts of people. So when people are like, oh, yeah, like you can't really brand ALS. Well, like somebody in theory could, but you're really only getting at, you know, 0.00%, 7% of the population and the people around them. 
which is not everyone. I've only right. known one person who has ALS. Yeah. Whereas, you know, I've had, I've known multiple people around, like in my lifetime, like since I was in like elementary school to now, multiple people with mental health issues and, you know, mental health is something that affects everyone. It's yeah. not one of those things that it's like, oh, well, you know, this person, they, mental health doesn't matter to them because, like, they're fine. It's like, no, it still matters to them. Absolutely. And it's it's less of, okay, is it, it's less of, like, oh, is it something that's worth, like, branding because it's, like, something that we can actually hit? Or is it something that's worth branding mm-hmm. because... um it's actually like something that everyone can relate to. Right. And that's the thing. Bell found the audience mm-hmm. and the audience is everyone. It's a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah. They, maybe it, not everyone, but yeah. a lot of people. Yeah. They capitalize the conversation on something that affects absolutely everyone. Yeah, exactly. So be careful. Morally for me, I disagree on that. I feel mm-hmm. like there are probably better ways to do it, but you know, right now this is what we kind of have to live with. I give them respect. They decided to do it. They not only saw an opportunity, but they're like, we can help. And I respect that. I respect it a lot. Don't get me wrong. But I do think we need to change up the conversation around it. We don't need to just talk about mental health because talking about things really gets them pushed forward. If we look at government or UN or anything like that, we all know that situation. That's more, that's more of like a debate kind of thing, though. That's it's, it's all. It's, but it's it's the base. It's the base thing, man. It's it's about talking about it, right? These people we can have because we can have endless conversations around. Well, there's it. the difference between talking and doing, and you know, just talking about it. Yeah, you're right. There, you can't yeah. like you can talk about anything for all hours. day, and nothing really gets done. Exactly, <laughs> which is you, why like, we wanted to do? record this podcast and not just talk about it beforehand because <laughs> we're actually doing something. Well, is, to a degree, we're doing something. To to a degree, we're kind of going at this with like, and kind of looking at it like, oh, like it's a good thing. Yeah. But here's what we kind of see the issue with. Yeah. Because I think um, I think people do need to be aware of it and have a contradicting um, opinion and look at it from a different side. It's like having a although it's great, although there is a lot of really good things that happen from uh, Bell Let's Talk and and that day being today, I guess. And a lot of the money that goes to really, really good organizations and charities, there are things that we have to look into and be aware of because if we're not aware of them, then that means that other people won't be and that means that our children won't be and so on and so forth. And it's not like it's super diabolical or evil or anything like that. So don't don't take it as that. Or if you do, try and reframe it. But <laughs> it's more so the fact that you have to look at the back end of things as well. Like it's not just surface level anymore and it never has been, but now we're at a point where... Uh, everything is so easily put online and so easily uh, not not just manipulated in the media, but there's so much there's still propaganda out there. And this is another form of it, uh, which is kind of leads us into the next topic of Wuhan, because I think we've kind of beat this mental health thing to death. And I, I'm kind of done talking about yeah, it because we're fair. going around. We in circles. Did that. <laughs> but the reason why we we went from Bell Let's Talk to the Wuhan disease and the Rona disease uh Although it's funny that it's the Rona, the Corona disease and blah, blah, blah. It's also the fact that it's getting so sensationalized in the media right now. And it's taking up such a large part of not only meme culture, but also like mainstream media culture. And lots of people are getting um, very nervous and scared to get the disease when it has literally killed less people than the flu does every year. And it's also being contained very, very well. Um, And 
I was reading yesterday that they have a few potential uh, antidotes to it or cures to the disease the already, and they're looking to go through it and actually um, start testing it on humans and do human trials with it, which is amazing because it's been less than a few months, I believe. It's only been, I, I don't it's actually been know. A, for the know initial long. announcement was only like a week or two ago. And, yeah. you know, in comparison, like, when in the like early 2000s when we had SARS, yep. um, that was one of those things where it's like, oh, they discovered it, but they kind of left it for a year two while they were trying right? to figure it out. Like a year or two before they mm -hmm. figured it out. I don't know the exact date. Well, it was two years before it was reported. And then they yeah. they found a cure, I think, a within later. a year after that. Yeah. Yeah. And so you look at coronavirus and it's very, si like, it's very similar. It's Absolutely. a very similar kind of disease. Absolutely. The difference now is we have, oh, it looks like I'm very dark on my camera, but anyways, um, it's very similar um, in that sense. But the difference is we didn't wait two years before anyone mm. said something about it. Yeah. And before we started doing something about because it. Because by the time SARS came out, more people had been affected by it yeah. than coronavirus has now. Yeah. But the difference truly, yeah. The, the difference really is the fact that there's an actual response within a couple of weeks. Right. And the and the main thing that we're trying to push across, too, is that a lot of these conventional uh, media companies like Bell and uh, CTV and Global News and all these things that are bringing out the coverage, they thrive on things like this. They absolutely love it when a disease comes out or like a new uh, terrible thing happens because they can really, really push it off of fear. And humans react to fear and uh, yeah. fear and like fear of missing out. But mostly like fear and being scared uh, really, really do well in the media, as a lot of people know. And conflict does really well in the media, as we all know, too. Good to things tend not here. to do as well, which is why uh, if you ever watch the news, which I choose not to for this very reason, is you'll get like three or four very terrifying or horrible stories, which may be uh, hyped up a little bit or sensationalized a little bit. And then they follow it with uh two or three minutes of advertisements that say, hey, you should buy this because this will either one, make you feel better, two, uh, help you live longer, or three, uh, like be some kind of health product or whatever it may be that saves you from this terrible thing that's happening in the world or this terrible uh, idea that's going on right now and currently in the world. So I think that's really, really important to look at too is that even though they're telling you information that you should know and that you should at least keep in the back of your mind, Watching the news and being so stuck to it and glued to it is a really, really poor choice because then you just get absolutely bombarded with media and ads <clears throat> that actually do affect you subconsciously and consciously too. So be aware of that and don't just let the fear of potentially catching this virus overcome you and then all of a sudden all you do is Google how to, how to avoid this virus or how to do this or whichever because we're working on a cure and we're probably going to be very, very close in the next few months, if not a few weeks. And there's a lot of really good things about it that are happening, uh, that are being done to take care of the virus. For example, there's one, um, there's a big hospital that went up in uh, China, I believe. Two. Uh, two, yeah. That just like went up within a, a week or a couple of days and is incredible. They have a lot of doctors that relocated to go and help out. And I think that's amazing. And we need to remember to focus on that as well is there's a lot of good things that are happening mm -hmm. and humans are really starting to come together in times of crisis. And that's amazing as well to see. So yeah. don't let yourself be fooled that this is going to be the end of the world or this is going to be a terrible way to do it or anything like that as well. 
Yeah. Um, I was just looking at through uh, some of my old notes from good old Vancouver Island University. Yeah. Shout out Deborah Pentecost. Uh, you're at UBC now, I think. Um, or maybe she still does both. I don't know. know. Um, but I was just looking through and you were kind of talking about like the sensationalism of news and stuff. Yeah. And so I was like, all right, this sounds very familiar to me. I've yeah. definitely talked about this like in like my degree before. So I found this list of what factors influence decisions on events occurring in the world that shall become newsworthy. Right. These are essentially things that are newsworthy. So we can go down the list here. Frequency. It's not the time span that like events fit into the time span of news itself. Right. This is, we're in a weird time right now. A lot of um, broadcast media coverage, like it's still trying to, you know, broadcast um, all these news stories and, you know, the increased, um, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, maybe not increased, but, oh my God, I'm blanking. What's the word for it? The emergence of, um, targeting and narrow casting has really made it tough for like these major news networks to um, kind of thrive on like traditional mass media uh, mediums such as um, you know radio and TV you can't really it's hard broadcast to detract. Yeah. anymore because right now we're in an age of like narrow casting where it's like mm-hmm. everything you do online can be pinpointed to oh um, this person's online let's give them this or this yeah. person's online let's give them this and so it can make a lot of terrible, terrible news stories come up if you keep going to them. Yeah. And um, that's what YouTube and Facebook and Instagram and TikTok and all these media platforms thrive on because that's yeah. how they get users to stay on their platform yeah. longer, which makes them able to sell more ads, which makes them more profitable as a company. So don't forget that. Yeah. Is that you can get lost in an endless cycle of seeing things that you only agree with and not listening to contradicting uh, behaviors or personalities or points of view. Yeah. And then, yeah. So there's like the cultural echo chamber. There. Yeah, exactly. So it's like, oh, like this is, this is like my thing. This is like my group of people look into this. It's my tribe. Shown. So, yeah, exactly. But, you know, you go into broadcasting, you go into this list here, you know, frequency, amplitude. Is it serious enough to be noticed? Which goes into... Um, clarity, it's one dimensional in interpretation. Oh, coronavirus, it's bad. It's out of China. You know, Western media for years has been kind of thriving. Yeah, they thrive on having like that ideological other. Yeah. You know, you watch Blade Runner and (laughs) it's this dystopian future. No, for real, there's this dystopian future projected in Blade Runner. Yeah. Where it's all like these little Chinese markets. It's all like these um, Everybody Chinese Everybody lives super close together. Yeah. Everybody's sick. Everybody it's like the Western eat. world has been like taken over by China. Yeah. I don't know if you've read the book it's based on. Um, no. Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep? No. There's not a single mention of like this Chinese or Asian cultural domination ever happening. Yeah. That was projected by, you know, the Western like... Um, Media corporations For who sure. are like, oh, we have fears. Am I like pointing into my mic? Yeah, I was kind of pointing into there. Um, and then, you know, we go down the list again. Um, cultural proximity. Is it like actually like, is it here? Mm-hmm. And the answer is yes. There are what, three cases in the States and one or two in Canada? Yeah. It's yeah, not yeah. like it's They're not small. much, but like we're still being shown it like, oh my God, like everyone's dying. Yeah. Like this is going to kill everyone. <laughs> yeah. And then you and get this the- certain race is bringing it in to our country. Exactly. And like, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's very separate. It's 100% ideological. It is 
absolutely an ideological power struggle that's been going on between the Western world and what we call the Eastern world. Yeah. Or, you know, there have been other terms for it that I don't even want to go into because they're just not good. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's absolutely like the coverage we get here of the coronavirus is 100% ideological. If, say, because... Well, Remember, like, mad let's cow be fair. Disease? It's probably like eighty percent ideological, and there are some facts thrown in there too, right? Oh, hundred percent. Can't say hundred percent, but I understand what you're saying. Yeah, it's, no. a lot of it is skewed towards that ideology, uh, ideological exactly. effect that it'll have on people, right? Yeah, it's absolutely. It's like if we can convince people of the other, yeah, then like These to go the against guys. the other, like you know the old adage of divide and conquer. Yeah, yeah absolutely. That's a hundred percent how it's been for years and how 100%. it is. I was going to say something about mad cow disease, but yeah. now I'm thinking about it. I don't actually remember how that played out. So I, I can't really remember. say anything about yeah, it. Yeah, well, I, I think <laughs> I was just a kid. the one thing that I think is funny is um, I, I can't remember what talk I was watching or what book I was reading about it. But uh, there was a point where this gentleman said, if aliens did exist and they were out there, the human race would actually be a lot better off because we would come together and we'd have an enemy to fight outside of ourselves and outside of humans. But because there isn't, we tend to uh, point our... Uh, frustrations or our anxieties onto and project them onto another race uh, and onto another culture, whichever. And it, it happens a lot within Canada, but it also happens a lot within other countries. Like if you look at the States, it's very torn right now. And even in Canada, there's a big, big, uh, actually, it's not very big because um, they're choosing, like a lot of these media companies are choosing to kind of shy away from it. Uh, but the whole pipeline and building through BC and things like this and uh, Alberta and BC are almost kind of butting heads still even though we're very very close and we we really shouldn't be because canada as a whole should be more come together so that we can help each other out and actually build up our economy rather than trying to just have like one or two provinces absolutely dominate it as as it has been in the past but this is how humans tend to think is we we group ourselves into tribes because we want to feel connected to somebody else who views our ideologies in the same way or a similar way and then from there, we often uh, fight or debate or try to show how we are superior, our ideologies are superior to somebody else's. And this is how a lot of really bad wars happen. And this is how uh, Trump decided to attack I- Iran and decided to bomb the airport and, and kill the, uh, I almost said prime minister, but that is not he the right like word. He was like the leading He's, military general. Yeah, one of the leading mil- military generals who had a... Um, a conflicting view and now like the world is a little bit nervous that we're going to go into world war three and what it is it's based off of an ideology it's, it's not based off of oh we need to conquer them so we can take their land and resources because if it was we would just go in and do it and no not we as in like i'm agreeing with the states like we as in human beings because that's how we have traditionally done it growing up and going to North America and coming to all these new cultures and things like this. Like uh, a lot of my ancestors, I'm sure, treated the First Nations people with very, very little respect and probably absolutely was very racist to them 100%. And I love my grandparents, but they can sometimes throw out racist comments and they don't even really realize what they're doing. So the one thing that... That's a cultural shift. It's a cultural shift, absolutely. And we don't now living especially us living in canada and like where i grew up in calgary as well i lived in a very 
um, I'd say like a relatively diverse neighborhood. And even the school that I went to, there was a lot of Asians. Uh, there was a lot of Indians. There was a lot, there was a few first nations. And then there was a lot of white kids as well and European kids and foreign, ex uh, foreign kids too, whose parents were either first or second generation, um, into Canada. And I think that really helped me realize that we are just people and there's a lot of, yeah, we may disagree on different ideologies and cultures and things like that, but that doesn't mean that we should be having to go to war over them. It's like, okay, this is your place and I don't agree with it. Uh, that's fine. I'll just go and find something else that I do agree with, but I, I'll still give you the respect that you deserve, or at least that I would like to get. And yeah, it's in the Bible and it's, it's in a lot of religious texts, like treat your neighbor fairly and uh, do on to thyself what you do unto ah, fuck it. I can't even remember. The golden rule. Just say the golden rule. We know what it is. Do unto others what you'd want done to yourself. Exactly. That's what I was trying to say, except in the old old English version, because I thought it would sound Ye cool. Old English. <laughs> yeah. And it's Boys? funny because there's uh there's a few of my uh few of my family members and a few people that I um that I call friends that are are religious and a couple of them really push religion on me and others don't. And that's fine. I, I, it doesn't really matter to me because I'm strong enough in my own ideology that I don't take religion super seriously. I enjoy it. Like if you want to debate me on religion or whatever, that's cool. I'd love to hear your perspectives on it. But at the end of the day, you're not going to convert me to anything um, because I just don't find merit in that for myself. Like I don't, it doesn't resonate with me. And that was actually a conversation I was just having with this uh, Noah guy. He was, he was, uh, we we're talking about, um, I kind of digress here, but I'll, I'll bring it back. Uh, we we're talking about how, uh, we're wanting to search out for things that make us happy and fulfill us rather than just things that make us money and that make us feel like we're being successful. And one of those things for him was uh, following his faith and putting more time into uh, religion and his God. And I, I was like, that's awesome, man. I really think you should do that. For me, it's philosophy. It's, it's, it's uh, actually like weight training. It, it's getting out of my mind and it's more getting into my body and not overthinking everything, but also l reading and listening to other people's thoughts and opinions um, uh, from psychology and philosophy that not only I agree with, but um, may actually help me in my day to day as I don't find religion super useful in it. It's, it's a very broad approach to me and I get how some people can really dive into it and really really find um their rebirth in it and i think that's amazing my grandpa does and uh a couple of my uh my family members really really do and they believe in it but i don't and not, i don't want to go to war with them over it and i don't want to fight them for it and i don't think it's worth constantly having the same argument about it because there's no there's no reason for it like no leave that's me the thing be. like what works for some people is not going to work for everyone, everyone else and i think that a lot of what kind of goes wrong, especially in like these ideological wars, like religious wars and even like yeah. political wars, um, it's all like, oh, this works for us, so it must work for everyone. And if you don't do it the way we do it, then it's probably not working for you. Absolutely. Like whatever you're doing isn't working. Yeah. And, you know. Again, I feel like you'd actually like going to school for like media studies and yeah, stuff because like, because I just pulled up another set of notes and it's just like how ideology, how, how ideology functions, um, through societies. And we have, um, the one we were kind of talking about there was, a, you know, fragmentation. Yeah. Um, which literally hegemony is achieved by dividing or fragmenting potential opposition. Yeah. And that's a hundred percent like what, um, most like especially like here in like the western world like mm -hmm. we we've been doing it with like 
non-Western cultures for years. Yeah. And, you know, it's been presented as normal. It's like, oh, this is how it is because we say it is. Like, this is how things are yeah. because that's just how they are and how mm-hmm. it's always been. Right. When in reality, like, you know, maybe some, like, maybe things, like, wouldn't work here, but they work in other parts of the world. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I know this was, like, a huge thing between the states and Cuba for years. Like, oh, we don't like communism, so we're not going to give you anything. Right. But it's, like, maybe it worked for them. Yeah, maybe it would have worked. Maybe it worked for them in Cuba. Maybe, right. um, you know, but that's the thing in the States that maybe that wouldn't work. Yeah, exactly. But that's the thing. Like, neither of them have really, like, neither of them at that point, I haven't looked, again, haven't really heard too much about that for a long time there. But, yeah, no. I don't know. It's it's one of those complicated things, and it's a very like complicated like like ideological spread and ideological hegemony is very complicated to get into, just because there are so many moving parts in yeah, so absolutely. many different situations. But it's just kind of tough. And then you know we bring it back to coronavirus, mm-hmm. and we bring it back to you know what do we see of coronavirus, mm-hmm. and you know, we have to take kind of a critical studies approach to it because if we don't take a critical studies approach to it we start believing china is trying to kill Bad. us yeah we start believing this will be the yeah. end of humanity yeah your neighbor that's chinese or our landlords above us all of a sudden have the virus and they're trying to contaminate us and they're trying to kill us and they're exactly. trying to take over canada and it's like no exactly that's actually not right at because, all because yeah and that's the extreme end but it is but at the same time there are people who believe the extreme end there well, are absolutely. tons of people yeah. so i think they're looking for that conflict you know, exactly and i think having like an ounce of media literacy and kind of taking that critical approach, which is not critical approach is a very um, Canadian thing right now. I've learned um, media yeah. studies in Canada does focus on being critical of what am I seeing and why am I seeing it? Right. Why is this presented and not this? Yeah. Exactly. Um, whereas I think, I think in the States, um, media theory, at least in like my lecture, one of my lectures last year, uh, is more about how can I take this and capitalize on this? Mm-hmm. A very... Yeah, yeah. It's a very capitalistic approach. It is. It's and, a very anti-Marxist approach, yeah. whereas critical theory does focus on Marxism. Yeah. Not necessarily as an anti-capitalism yeah. kind of thing, but more so um, in questioning the system at hand. Because exactly. if we don't question the system at hand, we fall into the trap of... Um, you know, political polarization, fear of other nations, fear right. of other ethnicity, mm-hmm. other ethnicity, ethnicities. ethnicities. There you go. Woo! Yeah. Um, just because that's what we're presented. Yeah. And yeah. we don't think outside of it, but we don't think for ourselves. Exactly. Is, is we take in somebody else's opinion, which it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, and even though they may try to back it up with facts or whatever it may be, it is somebody's opinion at the end of the day. And you have to realize that. You, you do have the option to think for yourself and you do have the option to look at what's being presented to you and actually think, hey, is this is this rational or not? And the one great thing about living in, well, one of the many great things about living in Canada is that our media and our, uh, even like our drugs, our FDA or whatever it may be called, is very heavily regulated. Like um, 
for alcohol and for the new cannabis laws, for example, you can't actually show anybody smoking it. You can't any. You can't show any. Uh, you can't show somebody drinking alcohol. Like if you look at these Bud Light commercials, they may be pouring it. They may be getting it close to their mouth, but you can't actually show somebody consuming it within Canada. And that's to deter young drinking, and that's to deter the alcohol and the tobacco and all these big industries that thrive off of addictions. Exactly. To not do it. So. Yeah. We so, have yeah. to, we get the option to really, really think more critically, like you were saying. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because we take a more liberal democratic approach to yeah. our like media content that's spread across the country. Whereas, right. you know, in the States, I feel I honestly feel like it's the Wild West down there. It like, definitely is, absolutely. Especially in LA American, and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. I don't watch a lot of American TV, but like the past few times I've been down there. Like I'll put the TV on. It just feels like the Wild For West. Sure. They're just yeah, like, they're, you can they toss care. anything on TV. 100%. Yeah, as long as you're not killing a child, it's basically go go for yeah. it. Yeah, Green which light. is crazy. I mean, no, and it's it good. It's it's it's. I think it's has its pros and its cons. The pro is that you can really throw out experimental stuff and things that may be on your mind or whatever, and see if it works and see if other people are resonated with it. Whereas Canada, you have to go online to be able to do that kind of stuff, mm -hmm. and that's fine because online is a presence. Like it's it's a nice platform to do that. But even now with YouTube uh, creating more, going more towards like content uh, that is family friendly and child friendly specifically because that's how they get a lot of their watch time and stuff like that. Uh, it does make people think twice about what they're posting. And I think that's good. It's good and it's bad, but it's good because maybe we don't have to have the darkest of our darkest souls and intentions online all the time. But we also don't have to say everything is happy-go-lucky and yeah. things are great and will always be this great. Exactly. And the thing like with this podcast, we could put it up there, but this is not made for kids. No, absolutely not. So, Unless you're a very mature child <laughs> and you enjoy listening to this stuff and yeah, like very, very... Whatever the hell this is. Yeah. <laughs> our opinions but, and our thoughts on the world yeah, and the media, the, the way things go. Yeah. The um, YouTube for kids and like having to be like, oh, is this content made for kids is... More so, like, so I feel like it's less towards um, what the creators can post and right. more so direction for the advertisers because yeah. these advertisers want to, you know, they're still collecting data. Yeah, like, absolutely. Whether we want to believe it or not, they're collecting so much fucking data on yeah. us. And essentially, when you say, oh, is this made for kids or, oh, is this not made for kids? you kind of are put in the position of, okay, well, this advertiser wants to target kids and families, so right. we can put it on this video. Yeah. Essentially, the YouTube for kids has essentially just, like, divided, you know, family-friendly from, you know, not necessarily family-friendly. And then you have those two categories of advertisers, you have those yeah. two categories of videos, and it makes it easier for advertisers to decide whether they want their product to be advertised on a certain video or not. It's, it was yeah. never about like the creator trying to make more family friendly content. It was never no, about no, that. No. It was always about the advertisers getting it a little yeah. bit easier. Well, they needed to bring more money into the platform. So they're like, if we have bigger companies that are willing to sponsor us or willing to put in ad uh, revenue and dollars and things like that, and they want it to be a certain look or a certain way, then that's what we're going to have to kind of, um, have our guidelines and our community guidelines pushed towards and a lot of people were very upset about that because youtube was at one point a, a place to be very free online and that you could monetize almost anything you wanted to do or talk about and i think that was a great thing but we also have to realize that it was never built to last yeah yeah well and absolutely like and 
and this is what happens when companies have a lot of money is if you get obsessed with the idea of like I have to make money or not even obsessed just like I have to pay my bills which is a very fair scenario and reason um, you have to be willing to adapt and you have to be willing to change and maybe you just have to instead of having all of your content on YouTube like you start a Patreon and the people that really really like your stuff they donate two dollars or a dollar or whatever it may be uh, every month to see your very un um, your unrated content and your stuff that may be a little bit more illicit and things that are really just like off the top of your mind and raw and aren't so censored and then you can still have a censored version of your content online on youtube and it, yeah it's a lot more work but you also have to realize that the game ever evolves and i wish back in the day i would have kept making youtube videos and like gaming videos and things like that i'm sure i would have been a lot farther in my like successful career of being like a famous quote youtube star or anything like that which is at one point is what i really really wanted um but in reality i just enjoy the attention of having like my honest thoughts and like being an honest person and being like as authentic as i can be online mm -hmm. and having that connection with people because i get a lot of people don't like me because of things i say or because of the things that i i choose to say but i also enjoy it when somebody resonates with something that i say and that we can have a conversation around it and that actually it actually like leads somewhere or maybe it's it's a very good conversation which is kind of the whole reason that i wanted to start this podcast as well it's not just to be authentic on here and to show people what they would get if they wanted to work with uncommon or if they even wanted to listen to us or follow us but more so that we all go through struggles and that we all are trying to find our community and we're all trying to find our tribe so it's not a bad thing to let yourself be honest online because that's where we're going anyways like spencer and you and i always talk about this and we've had conversations about this where everything online is tracked we have so many digital fingerprints um online now that it's not a matter of oh we have to protect ourselves it's like privacy is slowly becoming less private and it's becoming we just have to be good people for like for we have to be good people and we have to be true to ourselves all the time and yeah. that's how we weed out people who may be wanting to have like diabolical things or like have really, really bad intentions in the long run. So, yeah, it's it's pretty crazy what we can do. And it's pretty crazy where YouTube and all these media conglomerates have gone. And you just can't you can't let yourself get so focused on it and you can't let yourself get so stuck up in the money game or, oh, man, this is the, the worst disease or my neighbors are trying to kill me and they're terrorists because that's what 9-11 was and the Wu the Wuhan, I almost said Wukong again, the Wuhan virus is the same thing <laughs> that we're trying to say is like, you don't need to be so fearful of something that is actually bringing people together in a very, very good way. Maybe look at it from both perspectives of, yeah, you don't wanna catch the virus, that's not a good thing, but you also don't wanna be racist to the people who the media is saying, oh, this is who started it and this is who caused it. Like, what if there was a big virus that popped out in like the north, up north somewhere out of some ice caps and all of a sudden all these Canadians had it and we wanted to go across into China or something like that. The and they're like, changes very yeah. quickly. And they're like, by the way, you are now 11 million people have been landlocked and you can't go anywhere. And then 30 million people are actually uh, travel banned because that's a real thing happening in Wuhan right now and around yeah. the world. So that's the thing. But that's the thing. There was the issue not too long ago where, you know, the ice caps are... Yeah, the glaciers melting. are melting and the they're like these prehistoric diseases are coming back. You know what the coverage was? It's like, well, they're coming back, but they're in Europe. So they'll probably be fine. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that story lasted a couple of days Yeah, and it's done. 
And it's like, okay, well, you know, cultural proximity wise, like we have this like prehistoric disease coming back, but Absolutely. you know, there it's Europe. They have money. They're fine. Exactly. You go to, you know, one of the West's enemies, mm-hmm. if you want to call it that. Yeah. yeah. Um, our counterparts. Like, I, like our ideological enemies, enemies. like according to like yeah. traditional mass media, it quickly changes to a two week story yeah. of all negativity all oh this is on them like yeah we need to do something about them 100 percent. and so yeah it's just uh it's really weird yeah it is really weird and it's something that we need to remember not to be so uh so focused up on it is yeah. is it doesn't really matter where what happens it's like at the end of the day we are all people as yeah. liberal as that may sound it's 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 a very big fact like yeah our skin color does change and our customs change and our ideologies may change but at the end of the day what if you were in these uh people who had the virus shoes like what if you were stuck in wuhan wouldn't you want somebody to be on your side petitioning for you rather than everybody just looking at you terribly or like looking at you like you're the problem or you're the enemy or you're the cause so yeah just be aware and i think that's really yeah that's all i really wanted to say man yeah. i think we should wrap this up anyways it's, yeah. it's been about an hour or so so yeah what do i got here we should uh we should wrap it up yeah, we're hitting about uh forty minutes yeah, here. That's good. So I think that's a good episode. I think it's good. Yeah. Um, what are your final thoughts, man? Wrap he, it up. Final uh, thoughts. You want me to have final thoughts? Well, any um, any final thoughts that you want to say? Don't take everything at face value. Like facts. We live in a we live in this digital age where anyone can write anything. Facts. Un having like a lick of uh, media literacy is the best thing you can have right now. Absolutely. Being critical of everything you see and being like, oh, where did this come from? Right. Uh, what are they saying? Why are they saying this? And kind of taking all this. Very, very important thing to kind of keep in mind. Got William back here. What a boy. <laughs> um, so just kind of having like an open mind to, okay, this is what this is saying here. Why is it saying this? Exactly. Why is it presented this way? How was it presented and why is it presented this way? Exactly. Um, this is something that I'm very, very passionate about. I could go on about, we're probably going to have more episodes of this podcast where I'm going to go off about like why people need to understand critical theory and why people need to have yeah. any media literacy and need to like kind of look at it that way. Um, but for now, just, you know, uh, Think look, for yourself and look at things uh, deeper than just the surface value of them. Yeah. Qu- question everything. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. To not sound like a don't get obsessed. Don't get obsessive. Yeah, don't, don't get, get obsessive, obsessive. But just be like, look at it from a different perspective. Yeah. Right? If you're presented with a story and it's like, oh, this sounds kind of weird, like, or it kind of sounds like, oh, this is kind of pushing this in a very positive or a very negative standpoint. Be like, okay, who wrote it? What are their connections to it? Mm-hmm. Why would they write this like this? Why would exactly. they? um present it like this yeah. what like what information are they using and where are they yeah where are they getting their information from absolutely to kind of put this together and that's, that's where it. i'm gonna end or else i'm gonna go off for yes, another I hour can, i can see i can see in your eyes you're just like holding Let's yourself go. back <laughs> cool so yeah that's it thank you so much for watching the uncommon podcast this is uh season three episode two in the books baby uh if you have any topics that you want us to talk about then maybe we'll think about them and look at them and uh remember boys it's rona season so stay safe stay safe pop a case of ronas and here we go let's go baby battle of alberta baby let's, let's go, go baby Let's go. Let's go, baby. Let's go, baby. <laughs> <laughs>